This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Tourism dollars, obviously very important to the United States economy, and much of that has been shut down due to the coronavirus. And when tourism does pick up again in earnest, there will be a need to be a system in place to be able to vet the risk of COVID-19 with people coming into the country, or in the case of the United States, maybe people going from state to state. An ongoing study is focusing on this right now by looking at tourists coming into Greece. The study is being done by a pair of faculty members at the University of Southern California, as well as our next guest. Hamsa Bastani is a a senior fellow at the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics. She's also an affiliated faculty member with analytics at Wharton and an assistant professor of operations, information and decisions. And she joins us right now. Hamsa, thank you very much for your time. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for having me. So tell us about the study that you're doing and, and what you, how it got started and what you're really focusing on. Sure. Um, so Kimon, uh, one of my collaborators at USC, um, talked to the Greek prime minister about um, what they're going to do about COVID testing when they decided to reopen their economy. Um, and Greece has a pretty limited testing budget, so they get about forty to 50,000 travelers a day. Um, and realistically, they're able to test about 10,000 people. Um, so about 2,000 of these tests you want to save for contact tracing. So the remaining tests we want to allocate intelligently to try to catch as many of these positive cases that we can. Uh, so what we've been working on is this uh, machine learning platform called AVA, um, which partly is architected by uh, John Lachajanis. Um, and what it does is it basically takes um, passengers' risk profiles, which it collects using a form that they fill in about 24 hours before they come into the country, mm-hmm. um, and then tries to target tests based on these QR codes that this machine learning platform generates. And, and so if somebody is deemed potentially being high risk, how then is mm-hmm. that handled before they arrive into the country, I guess, or is it occurring as they are starting to arrive into the country? Ah, so if they are uh, marked, so there are some countries that are blacklisted by the EU and they can't um, really travel into the EU right now. Right. Um, but if you are allowed to enter, like uh, let's say you're an, a Greek citizen living in the U.S., the U.S. has pretty high infection rates right now, so you'll probably get flagged to be tested. Um, and in this case, you would get a QR code, and then upon arrival, they would actually conduct a COVID-19 test. Um, based on that, if you're from a country that has, like, say, moderate to low risk, then you would get something, you would get a randomized test, essentially, so that we can keep an eye on um, how high the infection and prevalence rates are at that time. So, as I mentioned, this is ongoing right now. And so are you able to start mm-hmm. to determine how effective this type of a program is with Greece? And, and I guess also what's been the reaction of the Greek government to, to doing this type of a program? Ah, they've been super supportive. Um, they've given us all these resources, which um, normally uh, uh, it would take quite a while to be able to establish this sort of infrastructure because now there actually need to be people at these airports generating these QR codes and then testing people appropriately. So it's been a huge effort that we're very lucky to have been a part of. Um, gonna... we've go ahead. I'm sorry. Pretty interesting. Re- sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, finish up. I'm sorry. Answering the other part of your question. Yeah, uh, we've seen some interesting results. Um, there are some cases where um, I can't name any particular places, but there have been some cases where um, 
what we see in the private testing data is pretty different from what you would see from the public data on the infections. Right. Um, and that's, I think, because there's a lot of censoring going on depending on test availability, and then testing is usually targeted towards symptomatic individuals rather than asymptomatic individuals, but you can imagine tourists who are coming in are probably asymptomatic. Um, you're not going to get on a plane if you're super sick. Uh, so getting these numbers right and not just relying on public testing data and having our own estimate that's dynamically evolving with, you know, these rapidly flaring hotspots, I think seems to be pretty critical. You've also mentioned, though, in, in terms of the testing uh, and the process going on in Europe right now, and specifically Greece with this mm-hmm. study, but the role that GDPR is playing in this as well. Oh, yes. Uh, so the EU has pretty strict uh, privacy regulations. So in some countries like um, Singapore and South Korea, uh, they've been able to actually install applications on people's phones to kind of track their movement so that you can try to make contact tracing easier and infer kind of community spread and those patterns. Um, this isn't as viable in the EU because of GDPR regulations. Um which makes things more challenging and makes things even more important that we get it right and we stop these infections before they come into the country than, you know, um, allowing them to spread because contact tracing is that much harder. So then potentially how does the work that you're doing in Greece potentially, could it have an impact here in the United States when you think about the, the tourism industry here in the U.S. and people coming from other countries to the U.S.? But as I mentioned at the top, the fact that there is obviously so much travel between states as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm not aware of a particular effort in the U.S., but you could imagine um, some sort of risk assessment tool like this that's actually tracking uh, people coming into different states based on um, the states they're coming from. Uh, That might be a key ingredient to assessing community spread, um, now that college campuses are opening up, you can imagine that different. there's going to be a lot of movement from different states into the campus. And so directing your tar- testing resources to students who maybe have a higher risk profile so that, you know, we can quarantine people appropriately before the infections get out of hand could be useful. It's not something we've been working on, but right. um, seems reasonable. What's next then with the testing that's ongoing in Greece? What are the what are the next steps in the process? And. Is there an even, you know, a thought of trying to expand it to to other countries at this point? Right now, we're still um, fine-tuning our algorithm uh, and trying to improve it. Uh, so the risk profile is based on um, some machine learning pieces that um, as we collect more and more data, we're able to improve the algorithm. So it's a dynamic process. Right. Uh, we have gotten interest from other countries. Uh, to try to uh, other countries in the EU to try to use the same tool. Uh, we're only four people, so we haven't really been able to expand out. But what we're planning on doing as soon as we fine tune our code, hopefully in the next one or two weeks, is to open source it so that um, if other countries or other states in the U.S. want to do this, um, hopefully it will be useful to them. Hamza, all the best uh, with this work that you're doing, and thank you very much for giving us uh, a little bit of your time today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hamsa Bastani, who's a senior fellow at the Leonard Davis Institute, an affiliated faculty member with analytics at Wharton, and also an assistant professor of operations, information, and decisions.
To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.